0: 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio.
1: Hans Bader is with me. He's an attorney in Washington, D.C. Uh, this is something that I kind of did a little homework on over the weekend. I started seeing this um, piece in the Wall Street Journal about reparations to the third world over climate change. Hans Bader wrote about this in Liberty Unyielding. Hans, how are you? Welcome to 97.1 FM Talk. And I apologize for my inappropriate language talking about my bedroom moments ago as well. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Tell me about these reparations, because we're literally going to pay, a, a, how much? A, a hundred million or a billion dollars, right, to third world nations to to cover the cost of what? Well, to
2: cover the cost of climate change harming their, their countries. Uh, but really, this is just the thin edge of the wedge, because the third world wants trillions of dollars, not just one billion. This one billion is very much peanuts. And in fact, it may not actually get paid because it's unclear whether the funds that Congress has appropriated would cover this because this is a loss and damage fund whereas Congress appropriated money to tackle climate change that has somewhat different parameters. So whether Biden's going to manage to even pay this billion is unclear. The whole point of Biden agreeing to pay reparations to the third world is to set a precedent so the next time we have a strongly democratic Congress they can potentially appropriate a much larger amount of money to pay to the third world. And also, this will be relied upon as a precedent by lawyers in the third world and third world countries to argue that we owe additional money, that we've established the principle that we're responsible. And they'll argue that under customary international law, we are responsible for paying out, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars to remedy what they perceive as the harms to their countries from climate change.
1: Right. So because some of us had SUVs and because rich Hollywood types take you know flights all around the world for, for movie promotion and junkets, we are guilty of causing the planet to warm. So in order to fix the problem, we have to take money from our taxpayers here in this country and give it to poor countries to do what?
2: Well, that's the other problem. This is unconditional payments. You know, there's there's foreign aid where you tie the foreign aid to them doing something good, like, you know, free market reforms or rule of law. This doesn't do that. These payments are unconditional. So it can just go into some government official's bank account. They can can take the money once we give it to them and put it into their Swiss bank account, which is what uh, government officials often did in the past when the U.S. gave aid money to their country without tying strings to it. Like Mobutu, the ruler of the Congo, you know, the second largest country in Africa, he pocketed billions and billions of dollars that the United States gave him, even as he confiscated foreign companies and basically bankrupted his country and ran it into the ground. And he ended up using the money to fly in the Concorde, to shop luxury shopping in Paris and put the money into Swiss bank accounts. So this is not money like you know, Millennium Challenge or anything like that where you're tying the foreign aid right. to... Worthwhile reforms that will create a better life for the people of these third world countries. This is something that can basically be milked by the ruling elites or their dictators.
1: Well, look, I I would be opposed to it in in either circumstance. But it it seems utterly ridiculous that this would not be in at least somewhat conditional.
2: Right, and this just encourages more bad behavior. And but and even this, but even this billion, even assuming Biden manages to pay out this billion, which is Dubious, given the way Congress has written the billion-dollar fund that they might try and tap it. This is just a thin edge of the wedge. I mean, nobody would be satisfied in the third world by this billion-dollar payment. I mean, they want hundreds of billions of dollars. I mean, some of the wilder figures, they want trillions to mitigate what they they blame basically everything bad that happens in their country, environmentally, like you know soil erosion on climate change when it has nothing to do with it. Yeah, like, well that know, doesn't you,
1: surprise me. But Hans, did some of this because you have I know in the the journal editorial about this um John Kerry has said that we're not going to have anything like this. He rolls over because Europe proposes this deal, right? So this this came from from the European Union to a certain extent.
2: Yeah, and of course the European Union, you know, they often manage to avoid following through on their commitments, you know, like in Ukraine we're basically paying a vast, vast lion's share of the, the aid money and the support. Uh, there's always collective problems, collective action problems in the EU, so they're not, they're not going to ultimately pay out that much. You do have cases where courts in the EU rely on principles of customary international law to try and restrict greenhouse gas emissions in places like the Netherlands, but you don't actually have them. The European courts are not actually that crazy about redistributing money. Uh, ironically, European courts are. Less willing to award punitive damages and play, you know, jackpot, you know, litigation lottery than American courts are. So, what ultimately comes with this with Europe, you know, in the future, I, I I can't tell you.
1: You know, I, this is a rhetorical question, but uh, if if you go to these third world countries, uh, sub-Saharan Africa, you know, wherever you want to go, and ask them this question: Would you like a a bunch of money, billions, hundreds of millions of dollars, to deal with future challenges from climate change? Or would you like fossil fuel to provide you with energy? I don't know, like heating and air conditioning and clean water and things along those lines. I think they'd take the latter.
2: Well, they certainly like to avoid things, you know, their primitive reliance on wood and, you know, smoky. You know, countless hundreds of thousands of people die in the third world from not having access to fossil fuels and having, you know, living in smoky dwellings where you're using wood. That's right. And and dung or even dung as sources of fuel, which is very dirty. So that would it, 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 fossil fuels could greatly in, in, enhance their lifespans. They could live literally years longer. So they're not gonna give it up easily. And of course the money that is paid out by the US can easily go to their government elites and never into their own pockets. And for many of these countries, you know, some countries have suffered badly from climate change like Syria probably did, but others like Niger and Central Africa, it probably has more vegetation because of changing climate patterns. It has probably benefited from climate change. So there are a lot of countries that have actually benefited from yep, climate change, although they never never admitted. So it's ironic that we're expected to somehow pay for the countries that have been losers in climate change, whereas other countries that have been winners in climate change, that have more rainfall, have more tree cover, that we're not going to somehow receive some type of a dividend from them. It's sort of like heads I win, tails you lose.
1: Hans Bader is with me, wrote about this in Liberty on Yielding. I had a guy on my show, it goes back probably, um, 8 years now Robert Muller who is at Berkeley guy who didn't believe in, in man-made climate change now does but the point of his conversation he wrote a piece in the uh, New York Times called The Truth About Tornadoes debunking this notion that you know there was an increase in tornadoes because of climate change just nonsense same thing with with hurricanes but one of the things that he said that always stuck out to me Hans is we could literally shut down this country flip a switch we can't do it but let's say that we could flip a switch no more fossil fuels Within about a year, year and a half, the um, CO2 emissions would be about the same because of our friends in China and India. So it really wouldn't make any difference. Now, China pretty much gets off the hook on all this stuff, right?
2: Right. China doesn't have to pay anything towards this, even though China is now a middle-income country. It's not poor, but the the fiction is that it's a developing nation. So it doesn't have to contribute anything, even though it pollutes more than the European Union and America combined. And, of course, if we ever had serious climate reparations, really heavy taxes— to pay reparations, our businesses would react to those high taxes by relocating to places like China, where they would not only pollute more, but (laughs) they would generate things like, you know, sulfur dioxide, other toxins into the air, because China regulates, uh, you know, air pollution much less than the U.S. does.
1: You know, I think about this story and this topic in terms of the midterm elections and, and the swath of people that don't, And I get people are busy. I've said this before. I'm not criticizing. I understand busy lifestyles. But there are a fair number of people like the majority of the American people that aren't aware that this is even happening. It's getting some news coverage. The Wall Street Journal writes about it. We got an audience that's dialed into issues. But most of America has no idea that we are going to pay reparations for climate change to poor nations. And I think if they thought about that in terms of our tax dollars, especially in this climate with, you know, out-of-control inflation, and what we're seeing with the stock market say, hey, wait a second, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Now, you, Hans, you say it's a drop in the bucket because realistically, in the scheme of budgets, a billion dollars is. But boy, we got a billion dollars here, a billion dollars there. There's a lot of needs here in this country that we're not attending to in any way, shape, or form.
2: Well, and just, once you establish the principle, the third world countries will be back demanding hundreds of billions of dollars in the future. And they'll say, you admitted you're responsible for it. And yes, you only paid a billion of it, but that was just the first installment. So the point of this is to set up an admission by the U.S. Yeah. So that we're on the hook for this in the future. Because, you know, right now, it's it's not unclear whether, the, whether Biden even has the money to pay for it, whether the existing fund fits this yeah. uh, payment. And then in addition, he ha- he's, he's going to have a Republican-controlled House in the next session that's not going to appropriate additional money to pay for any more of this.
1: So well, yeah, if really you're looking build... at a silver lining, there it is. So he's not going to
2: really be able to pay reparations in the upcoming session. But if you have a future strongly progressive Congress, they could end up paying a lot of money for climate reparations.
1: Absolutely. Hans Bader, I appreciate you coming on here, 971 FM Talk in St. Louis, talking about a good issue. It's important. People need to hear about it. We'll have you back. Thank you, Hans. Thank you.
0: Get more at 971talk.com.